hello 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 and welcome to marie's monologue i am your host sarah marie um yes so we are going to try to get this episode recorded today i'm a little late i usually like to put episodes out on saturday today is sunday february the 2nd we are um i just had a really long a really long week last week between my kids and work um and i've just been really drained so yeah but i still wanted to go ahead and put out the episode um one thing i'm trying to do is to stay consistent so um i did want to go ahead and still make sure that i got an episode out this week um so yes we are in like I said, today's February 2nd. We are in Black History Month. Um, there's a Facebook meme going around right now that I, I super relate to. And it's like, I am Black 24-7, 365. But during the month of February, I am Blackity, Black, Black, Black. And that's how I feel. So... For this month of February, we are still going to be taking time to reclaim our time and to get back to self, Um, but we are also going to be um, expanding out. So um, I think I mentioned this in the first episode, but one thing that I'm excited about is um, introducing Marie's Corner. And with Marie's Corner, I just want to showcase our local and our small businesses because every day we as Americans spend billions of dollars with corporations and we neglect our neighbors. We don't shop with our neighbors. Um, And I think that spending money with our neighbors spending money within our community is the number one way to combat poverty um, as well as a, a, a number of other things crime etc but um so because it's black history month for marie's corner um we are going to be focusing on black businesses so um today i have a um well Rewind. Let me just tell you guys what today's episode is about. So today's episode is all about hair. And um, the reason I wanted to start off Black History Month with an episode on hair is because hair is such um, an important part of us as Black people. Um, and so for our first Marie's Corner, we are going to be talking to Devo, with resilient, um, resilient by Devo. She has hair conditioners out, um, and we're just gonna talk to her. I've got a nice interview with her, and um, I'm just gonna tell you a little bit more about hair in general. So first, we're gonna talk about hair in general, and then we're gonna get into that interview with Devora. So let's go. So I actually recorded this episode, like I said, on February second. But for some reason, my microphone kept cutting in and out. So I did have to go ahead and re-record this segment. So um, if you're listening for a second time for any reason, then you'll notice that this is an updated version. What's up, guys? So like I said, today I'm just going to talk about hair. Um, Our hair 
can act as a really important part of our identity. Um, depending on the culture that you come from, your hair can signify your social status. It can signify your political status, your gender role, and so much more. Um, according to the Dictionary of Symbolism from the University of Michigan, hair symbolizes physical strength and virility. The virtues and properties of a person are said to be concentrated in his hair and nails. It is a symbol of instinct, of female seduction, and physical attraction. Baldness may suggest sterility. Hair flowing depicts freedom and looseness. The unwilling removal of hair may be a castration symbol. It carries the context of magical power. Witches had their hair shaven off, as well as in the Bible, which Samson loses all his power when his locks are stripped away. That was worded weird, but that came directly from the dictionary. Um, so, and for more of that definition, you can also check out the blog where I have um, a lot more information there. Um, but yeah, having a bad hair day, we've all known. First off, the fact that that's even a thing, a bad hair day, should tell you something. We all know that as a universal thing. And a bad hair day can start that self-esteem, um, that self-doubt spiral that a lot of us who have depression are familiar with, where um, it starts off with you not feeling like you look good, whether or not somebody else thinks you look good. It's you don't feel like you look good, so it starts this this downward spiral. Um, so when we look good, or when we think that we look good, we feel good. And then as a black woman, it is especially important for me to note that there is no good hair, quote unquote, because we all have different curl patterns, different hair textures, different porosities, etc. Um, and we need to respect that and honor that and know that we were all created to be different and that is perfectly okay. And I think that the first step to truly loving our hair is really just making sure that we're properly caring for our hair. So that's why I say that there's no necessarily good hair, quote unquote, but that there's only healthy hair. Um, like I said, as humans, we just come in multiple different varieties. And so it's important to note that the hair care needs of one person are not necessarily going to be the hair care needs of another person. And it's important to take time to understand your hair so that you can learn how your hair specifically wants and needs to be treated. So um, in order to help you just understand your hair and get to know your hair, I wanted to go through um, just defining your hair type and just a few different terms that are used when defining hair type. Um, so there's different classifications for hair based on properties like its curl pattern, its ability to absorb product and water, and then its density. And then of course, there's more like you can look at your scalp. Um, and there's just everybody comes in all different sizes and shapes. So there's tons of different ways. And then it's even thought that even the ways that we have to classify hair are way too narrow. Um, so, of course, take it with a grain of salt and make sure that whenever you are trying to test your hair, you are looking at multiple different sources so that you can kind of come up with an average.
the first um, type, the first way that people identify their hair is um, usually by their curl pattern. And there are four different types of curl pattern broken down one through four. And then from there, it goes into three different subcategories broken down A through C. Um, and the one through four defines whether it's straight, wavy, curly, or coily in that order. And then the letters A through C depend um, is based on the diameter of the pattern itself. So not necessarily the um, diameter of your your physical strand, but when you're looking at that strand, the diameter of the curl pattern. So if you think of it like the frequency, um, if you were looking at like a wavelength, you'd be measuring the frequency, not the actual size of the wave itself. So the first type of hair is type one hair, and that's going to be straight hair. And with type one hair, I'm sorry, with type one hair, um, this kind of hair can get very oily. So because it's straight, the oils from your scalp can easily make it down the shaft from the root to the tip um, because there's no bends or coils or anything like that to prevent the oils. So it just goes straight through kind of like a straw. Um, of course, type 1 is split down into three different types. Your type 1A is going to be flat and have very little body. And this is going to be the type of hair that um, most people complain doesn't hold a curl when they want to curl it. But on the flip side, a lot of people want straight hair. And um, people with this type of hair don't have to use very many tools or styling products to achieve that um, automatically slick look. Type 1B has more body than type 1A. Slight bends, but obviously not wavy because that would be type 2. But um, this type of, the type 1B hair can hold a curl, might crimp a little bit. But um, on just a regular wash and go, you're going to look pretty much, um, you're just going to have straight hair. And then type 1C hair has a lot of body um, after a wash and go. And obviously can hold a curl much better than a 1A and even better than a 1B. Um, but the individual strands of type 1C hair does tend to be coarse. Not always, not necessarily, but this hair does tend to be more on the coarse side. Um, almost all type 1 hair, almost all type 1 hair people, whatever, need to wash their hair um, pretty often to avoid that greasy, oily, weighed down look. But the benefit to that is this type of hair also needs the least amount of additional product to achieve a healthy, shiny look. The second type of hair is going to be type 2 hair, and that's going to be your wavy hair. And um, obviously, type 2 hair is a naturally wavy, it, and because of its natural ways, it's not quite as oily as type 1, but it's not quite curly, so it does oil still does move from the scalp to the tip, just not as easily as if you were a type 1. 
type one, I'm sorry, type two A is going to be like your beach wave look. This type is still going to be loose enough that it can be weighed down if you're using too much additional product. Um, and then type 2B hair has waves that are more clearly defined, but the hair doesn't bounce up and it stays close to the fate, to the head. Um, it lays kind of flat. Whereas um, with type 2C hair, the waves are tightly drawn and form loose spirals. And this is where the hair might start to fluff up from the, from the head a little bit creating like that extra volume the fluffiness and of course with the type 2b and the type 2c hairs this is where you're going to start to want to use some type of a light product to control frizz um but ladies with this hair type also still need to wash their hair more than a type 3 or 4 because it is still going to get oilier than theirs but maybe not as often as somebody with a type 1 hair. One hair. Um, and then these type of ladies typically use like a frizz control shampoo and conditioner. Um, and like I said, maybe some light type of styling product. The third type of hair is going to be your curly hair. And type 3 hair is considered... Um, the curly hair with that kind of defined S pattern. Um, this type of hair tends to dry out more than the previous types of hair because oils can't make it down the shaft through all of the bends and turns. Type 3A hair has silky Shirley Temple curls. This type doesn't need as much product or manipulation to be curly, but, of course, it can be a beast to try to keep it straight. Um, so this type of the three A's might need less product than um, the, the three B's and on. Type three B hair is more spiraled and springy than type three A. And when I when most people think of type three B, this is going to be the hair that you think of on your typical um I don't want to say typical because that's rude but like on your like most mixed girls people are not mixed girls most mixed people people who are mixed between black and white tend to have um that 3b type of curl pattern um and like I said type 3b is defined but it might still need some styling products like creams and gels to control frizz and then your type c curls are going to be tighter than the type 3b and these might start to clump up but they are still clearly defined this type also needs product to define curls and control frizz so you definitely need product if you're a type 3c and then Type 3s in general can be differentiated between type 4s um, because when wet, type 3s still become wavy or sometimes they even become just flat out straight. And then your last but not least, of course, is going to be your type 4 hair and that's going to be your kinky hair, your coily hair. And this type of hair has spirals that are super tightly rung. 
um, so tightly wrung that even when your hair is wet, it's still curly. Although depending on whether you're an A, B, or C, um, your curls might be stretched or elongated when wet. All type 4s need product to control frizz and define curls. Um, of course, with their need growing as you go from a 4A to being a 4C. Type 4A hair forms perfect cylindrical curls, kind of like a spiral. And the frequency is about the width of a pencil. Um, and type 4A hair still falls down to frame the face, unlike other type 4 hairs, which um, with type B hair... It's going to be much less defined than type 4A, but um, you might still have a, a curl at the end, some type of defined curl at the end. But this is going to, the 4B here is where you start to get the afros that no longer um, fall down and to frame the face, but kind of go out and up like a crown. Um, type 4C hair is the least defined of all the curl patterns but it's really just because it's so coily that you can no longer define the curl itself because each individual strand is so tightly curled type 4c hair is the type of hair that is most prone to shrinkage and it can be up to 75 percent shorter or longer however you want to look at that it can be up to 75 percent shorter when it is just air dried and allowed to do its own thing versus when it's um wet and stretched out your type 4 hairs are going to be the the hardest to keep moisturized this oil has a very hard time making it through all of the kinks and bends and that also makes this type of hair the most prone to shrinkage because each bend in your hair becomes a weak spot so obviously 4c's are the most prone to shrinkage i'm sorry not to only to shrinkage but to breakage um out of all of the hair types out there and then because it's Black History Month, I am going to just note that most black women um, have type 3B to type 4C hairs. And then, um, yeah, that's about it on hair type. There's this hair types were the hair types in general were started by um, Andre Walker who is the hairstylist to Oprah, but his, I believe, I don't even think he had a type four in his definition. And I think his one was just one type, but then, um, you know, hair bloggers, YouTube, etc., got a hold of the Andre Walker hair type classifications and just expanded it to now it's pretty much I wouldn't say universally because nothing is universal, but it's pretty much agreed upon among most hair bloggers, etc. Um, these different hair types, the one A's through the four C's. The second thing that we use to classify hair is going to be its porosity. Um, so your hair porosity, well, porosity in general is just, the literal is literally just the state of something being porous. It's the state or quality of being porous. 
having pores. In hair, porosity is how well your hair can absorb and retain moisture. So in order to understand porosity, it's important to just take a look at uh, the makeup of a hair strand itself. So single hair strand is made up of three different parts. The center of it is going to be the medulla, which is this like soft center. And then the medulla is surrounded by the cortex. The cortex is the main part of your hair that's going to hold your keratin, which is the protein, and the pigment that makes up the color of your hair. And then the cortex is surrounded by a cuticle. And the cuticle layer is the outermost layer, and it's made up of flat cells that are layered up on on top of each other so if you kind of think of the shingles on on a roof how they're um, layered so hot um, porosity is going to be how these cells of your cuticle are set up so if the cells of the cuticle are tight and close together then the hair is going to be less porous because less things can get through and in that case your hair is low porosity if the cells are loose and they're spacious then the hair is more porous or it's considered high porosity in order to test your porosity you can take a strand of your hair a clean strand preferably and you can put it in a glass of water if your hair floats to the top or just floats on top I'm sorry then your hair is low porosity if your hair immediately sinks to the bottom then you know your hair is high porosity and if it just floated somewhere in between then you could call your hair medium porosity So low porosity hair basically is hair that, like I said, the cells are closely, are, are tight together. Um, they're not spacious. And so with low porosity hair, it might feel like it takes forever for your hair to actually get wet when you get in the shower to go to wash it. And then um, once it does get wet, it might take you forever for your hair to air dry. Um, low porosity hair, like I said, um, doesn't let moisture permeate very well. So the upside to this is that your hair is going to retain any moisture that it has really well but the downside to that is that it's not going to accept outside moisture very well so products that you use might just sit on top of your hair and never actually penetrate if you have type 1a through type 3a hair then low porosity can be great for you because your hair is going to retain the moisture and keep that shiny healthy look um, but the downside to this is that you may, especially if you're like a one or a two, 
you may have to shampoo your hair more frequently than somebody who has um, high porosity. If you have type 3B to 4C, then having low porosity hair can be troublesome um, because, as I mentioned before, the oils from your scalp typically don't make it all the way to the ends of your hair because you you have so many bends and coils. Um, So you really have to do a lot of work to get moisture into the the ends of your hair um and 4c hair doesn't take to moisture very well so according to carol's daughter which is a hair um it's a line of hair products people with low porosity hair should look for more alkaline products which if you remember when we talked about water alkaline products are going to be products that have a higher ph than seven And alkaline products help to lift the cuticle. People with low porosity hair should also look for products that contain glycerin or do baking soda treatments. Although it's important to note that you have to test this on a little bit of your hair before you do your whole head because glycerin and baking soda have been um, detrimental to some naturals as well. People with low porosity also need to avoid oils because oils act as a sealant for the cuticles, which will further further prevent moisture from getting in. So before you oil your hair, you need to make sure that it is properly moisturized. Um, And then Carol's daughter also recommends that People with low porosity hair use tools like um, a steamer to help lift the cuticles. Now, on the flip side of that, high porosity hair absorbs water very quickly. So it immediately feels wet when you put water on it. And because the cells are spacious and it's porous, it also quickly dries out. So, um, like I said, because this hair is very porous, it's easy for moisture to permeate from the cuticle to the cortex, but it's also easy for, for the hair, for the moisture from the cortex to escape through the cuticle. Um, the upside to high porosity hair is that if you are a 3B to a 4C, your hair will accept moisture and then you can probably just try to seal it off with a sealant. But um, the downside to this is that it is going to be hard to keep high porosity hair um, consistently moisturized. According to Carol's daughter, people with high porosity hair should opt for thick butters and products with oils that help seal the cuticles. And if you have higher porosity hair, you should go for more acidic products, uh, maybe use apple cider vinegar, um, as that helps tighten the cuticles. Protein treatments can also help to temporarily patch up the gaps in high porosity hair. 
but it is important to note that if the hair is porous due to overtreatment and not due to genetics, then um, it's really just a good idea to focus on keeping the hair that is growing at the root healthy and then just get frequent trims to trim off the damage. Um, because of course high porosity can be because of genetics but it can also be because of damage and high porosity due to damage is um, it's almost impossible to just completely reverse it. It's almost impossible to completely reverse high porosity in general or low porosity. Your hair just is what it is. Um, so the second, or sorry, the third thing that we can use to classify our hair is going to be the diameter of the hair strand itself. And this is where we get terms like fine and coarse or medium and it's important to um, differentiate fine from thin fine is about the width of the strand itself whereas we're getting to thin but thin is about how many strands you have so um, when thinking about diameter of your hair your hair is going to be considered fine if it is if it's thinner than a sheet of paper. So if your hair is thinner than a sheet of paper, your hair is considered fine. But then if it's not as thick, or if it's as thick or not, if it's between a sheet of paper and two sheet of papers, your hair is medium. And then if your hair is thicker than two pieces of paper stacked on top of each other, then you have coarse hair. And again, it, you don't want to confuse coarse with being thick. So knowing the diameter of your hair can help you understand its volume needs in particular. If your hair is fine, you may need volumizing products to achieve a fuller look. And if it's coarse, you'll likely want to avoid volumizing products. Understanding the diameter the diameter also helps you understand how much manipulation your hair can handle. If your hair is coarse, you can probably handle a little bit more manipulation and wear protective styles longer than somebody with fine hair. And then the final thing that I want to talk about is the density of your hair. Um, like I was saying in when I was talking about diameter, the density is classified as either thin, medium, or thick, and that's going to be how many strands you have per square inch. Um, so to test that, you can just let your hair hang loose, as loose as possible depending on hair type, and if you can easily see your scalp without moving or parting your hair, then you have low density or thin hair. If you can see your scalp with gentle movement, maybe just by tussling it, then you would have medium density hair. And if you have to use a comb to part your hair, a comb or your hand to part your hair, then you would be considered somebody to have high density or thick hair. Um, of course, that's just the, those are just the things that I looked into when regarding hair. There's so much more, um, like how much oil your scalp produces that's another important thing to look at when looking at your hair um and 
your length of hair is important to look at, especially when looking at styles. Um, but, you know, those are just the basics. The curl type, the porosity, the diameter, and the density. Knowing those things alone will help you astronomically. Now, I know that being natural... Um, getting to know your natural hair can be daunting and honestly just downright discouraging at some points. But it, honestly, it does not have to be. It's important to know that with so many different possibilities and so many different combinations out there, that what works for one YouTube person is not going to necessarily work for you. And luckily for you, there's like a million <clears throat> excuse me there's like a million and three youtube people out there nowadays so it's just important to find somebody that resonates with you and you might have to put three or four you might have to take and leave things from uh, multiple different people so you might have to have a combination of different people that you look at um and that's okay because your hair is uniquely you. So, for example, a person that has fine 4C high porosity hair might need to avoid heat and seal their hair with oils and use low pH products. While a person that has thick 4C low porosity hair might need to do the complete opposite and use heat to help moisture come in and then use baking soda to lift the cuticles and use a high pH product. But to the naked eye, they both have 4C hair, so the hair probably looks pretty much identical, but they have completely opposite hair care needs. And that's okay. So the homework for this week is basically going to be centered all around getting to know your hair texture. The first assignment is, I'm sorry, not, it, the first assignment is to get to know the texture itself. Um, for this assignment, you're going to search the internet for a hair type chart. There's multiple out there. And you're going to find a texture that you feel most closely resembles your own. And I want you to look at at least three to four different charts so that you can just um, get a better understanding and look at your average. The bonus for this assignment is going to be to buy a hair product that's based on your hair texture or you can look up a YouTuber that has the same curl pattern as yourself. The second assignment is going to be to get to know your hair porosity. So after washing your hair, I want you to pluck a single strand and put it in a glass of water. If the hair sinks to the bottom, you'll know that your hair was high porosity and it immediately absorbed the water. If it floats somewhere in between, then your hair is medium porosity because it absorbed the water, but it held its own. And if it floats at the top, then your hair is low porosity, and just like an inner tube, the water couldn't break through. The bonus for this assignment 
is to going is going to be to establish a routine or buy a product specifically for your hair porosity so some moisture routine or some product to aid you in moisturizing your hair based on your porosity the third assignment is going to be to get to know your hair diameter and its density for styling so for the diameter you can take a strand in your fingertips and if you can if you can't feel it at all then you would consider your hair fine if you can barely feel it it's there but it doesn't feel you know thick then you would consider your hair medium and if you feel a thick solid strand then you would consider your hair coarse of course you could also do the um, paper test that I mentioned above <coughs> before um, and then for your density you can look in the mirror and do the scalp test that I previously mentioned or you can measure your ponytail if your hair is long enough if your ponytail is less than two inches thick, then you would have thin hair. If your ponytail is four or more inches thick, then it would be considered thick hair. The bonus for this assignment is going to be to search the internet for a hairstyle that is going to best suit your diameter and density. And then, of course, there's always extra credit. So the extra credit for this week is going to be called Recharging Your Crown. And I want you to just be intentional about setting aside a certain amount of time for your hair. And during this time, I want you to do whatever is best for your specific hair type. I want you to shower it with love, shower it with appreciation, show it that you really care for it. Thank it for being exactly what it is as you cleanse it or you massage oils into it or whatever you do and you decide that is best for you to do for your hair. And this time can be as little as one minute a day or it can be as long as I'm sorry, yeah, as long as an entire day out of the week or maybe it's just um, one day every two or three weeks. It's all up to you, whatever your hair needs. Um, but that is your assignment for the week. Um, so, yeah, that's everything that I have about hair for now. Of course, like I said, today I do have an interview with a very good friend of mine, Devora, who has her resilient hair care by I'm sorry, resilient by Devo, um, line of hair care products. So let's go ahead and get into that interview. <laughs> Okay. Hi, Diva. Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm great. Great. So I'm so glad that I can have you here today um, to talk about your Resilient by Devo hair conditioners. So just tell me a little bit about yourself and the brand and how you got started and everything. Okay. So um, my name is Devo. Um, 
and I have been natural for about 10 years total. Um, initially I had locks, I had locks for 18 years and then it got too popular for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so like, like it used to be that locks weren't popular at all. And then everyone started getting them. So when I turned 18, I cut them off and I got a relaxer, mm-hmm. which lasted about two years or so, maybe one or two years. And from there I started going natural. I cut off the perm and I just went natural and that's been about 10 years or so of that. Um, and it has been quite a journey. Um, in between there, you know, I've learned a lot about natural hair. And I, the idea with the resilient hair care for me was in the past three or four years, I've had a lot of hair disasters, I will say, <laughs> where my hair has completely fallen out. Like the first instance for me, the first instance for me was um, I was going through a really bad breakup. Okay. <laughs> and I decided on a whim to shave the side of my head, like the complete right side of my head. Do you think that that was just stress? I, it was me trying to be like a rebel. I just thought, I, I remember that my ex that I had broke up with it. At the time he told me like, I, you should not do that. It's not going to be cute. And I don't know. I was emotional. I was like, well, F him. I'm going to shave the side of my head. And coincidentally, he was right. It was not cute. (laughs) Everybody roasted me. But luckily for me, I was able to just like keep my hair flat iron and just swoop it over. Cover it up. Yeah. I think it's interesting that a lot of women, when they do go through something, end up doing something drastic to their hair. Though. Yes. I think that's funny. That was completely my fault. It was completely my fault. I, I shaved that side of my head. So I just, from there, I, um, you know, kept using my deep, deep conditioners until it finally grew back. So when it grew back, everything was evened out and good to go. How long do you think that that took you? I would say like, a year okay. until everything was evened out. From shaved to evened mm-hmm. out. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, because it was, whew, and it was just really not cute. I mean, it just, <laughs> did, it just did not work for me. I just should have thought that through a little better. So, but. side note, me and Devorah have been friends for years, and <laughs> I, too, told her that that was not going to be a good idea, but she didn't want to listen to anybody, and I will attest, no, it was not cute, <laughs> but she's a beautiful person. A beautiful spirit and a beautiful soul, but that was just not. It wasn't a cute. Good time. <laughs> it did not look good on me at all, and ooh, I got roasted. But I was like, you know what? Hey, you live and you learn. And I did not worry about it because I knew that I had the tools to make it grow back. So it grew back. Good. And I was good. happy, and I was cute again. But then I don't know. I was feeling myself again. I'm like, I want to dye my hair like black with purple streaks. And I thought that was going to be real cute. But somehow or another, that hair, it ended up being orange. Like, (laughs) and it kind of looked cute, but the bleach from the hair, which I don't Mm -hmm. understand why she bleached it. I I don't know. But it ended up making my hair real fragile. It was like a, a, almost like a burnt auburnish color. It was a very, like a burnt orange. It was color almost. Yeah. It, it didn't really look natural, though. It just looked like high-key, like, orange, like a tangerine. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't It feeling. was cute, though. It did look cute, but the hair itself was damaged at that oh, point. Oh, yes, yeah, super. So 
I um, I did a lot of protective styles and deep conditioners and all of that to get that to grow back to grow out. Um, I grew that out. And How long would you say that took? That took about a year too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at that <laughs> but point, but your whole head was that color orange. Yes. Your whole head from pretty much what are we gonna say? Like about an inch from your scalp mm-hmm. to most. the end. Yeah, yeah, the and, whole thing. And I always so and my hair now and each time that I've had these problems, like it comes um, to like the middle of my chest. So in a year's time, well. I was going to get to that, but my hair now has been undamaged, no problem, for over a year. <laughs> but after the orange color, after I grew out the orange color, I had one more disaster. I was going to um, get a something called a keratin treatment. If y'all familiar, you're supposed to make your hair straight, keep it straight for, you know, a long period of time. Um, so I went, I was usually like six weeks or so. Yeah, I've, I've done it before, which is what was very frustrating to me. I have done a keratin treatment in my early 20s, and it was cute. I could wash it and go back to the fro, like, and then straighten it, no problem. But this last time, I was quite suspicious. I had did hard Zumba, sex. My hair was just not going back to Afro. And I'm like, mm, this is kind of weird. So I washed it, and bone it was bone straight like completely straight and I mean I just cried and cried and cried like I cannot believe this like I did everything to try to it get it to revert like back it was relaxed right yeah it was like I had a relaxer like she put a relaxer in there and then she told me well it'll be three to four months for your hair to revert back to a fro mm. and I'm like it's supposed to <laughs> if I had known that I would have took other precautions you know but <sighs> it just I was so frustrated and so mad. I just, I probably had maybe two inches of hair and I cut off. I cut it off once I saw that it wasn't reverting back. So you cut off two inches of your hair? No, I cut off all of my hair and had two inches of natural hair. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I remember I came to your Zumba class and I had a weave and you were like, you cut off your hair? And I'm like, yeah, I cut all of it off. Like it was, it was gone. But I did, I wasn't comfortable having like um, short hair. I hate having short hair on me. Mm-hmm. So I just was protective styling, but still using the product, still using my little hair care regimen. And here we are now, over a year later, because that was last October. Mm-hmm. Um, over a year later, and now my hair is to my armpit right. again. So that is where I, you know, I kind of got inspired to do the resilient hair care because I'm like, I just want other people to kind of get knowledge about this that, you know, they can grow their hair too. You hear so many black women say, uh, well, my hair used to be like that Mm -hmm. when I was a little girl or my hair used to be. And I'm like, you can still have your hair however you want it to be. You just got to take care of it. You got to, you know, come up with a healthy hair regimen so that you can, you know, retain the length. So that's where um, the inspiration came from, for me. Um, my daughter, I take especially good care of her hair. Her hair is extremely long. It is. It's like straight black girl magic. So she always gets the deep conditioner treatments. I have two sons. Um, they don't like to have their hair long. They want to have their hair short. But um, I also take very good care of their hair as well. Okay. <clears throat> 
So can you just tell me, um, before we can really take care of our hair, we have to fully understand our hair. So can you just tell me about, you know, the different types of hair that people might be facing? Like a lot of people don't know, you know, even what types of hair they have. So can you just explain types of hair? Yeah. So um, usually I, being, you know, a black woman, we all have usually the three to four types of hair types. Um, I personally am a 3C slash 4A. A lot of people have different, like, two or three textures in there. And I have a 3C, 4A type of hair um, type, which is, like, um, a looser. Um, it's it's like a looser texture, but it can still be kinky. Mm-hmm. And then you have your 3C. It can be 3B, too, but um, 3C is even looser than 3C more like a wave and then you have your 4a which is a little more kinky but still um you know it still can be stretched Mm -hmm. without a problem and then from there you have 4b and 4c which is a more um the curve is basically that a lot of people with that hair type feel like their hair can't curl Mm -hmm. but it's the fact that it is so curly that it appears to be just like an afro Mm -hmm. type of look to it so it's that kind of undefined curl pattern, yeah. basically. Yeah. Okay. And then I've heard a lot about the term porosity. So can you explain the term porosity to me? Yeah. So there's high porosity hair and low porosity hair. And the way that you can test out what type of hair you have, you you get like a glass of water and you take a strand of your hair and drop it in the glass. <clears throat> if your hair sinks to the bottom... That is high porosity hair. That's the type of hair texture that I have is high mm-hmm. porosity. And if it if it floats, it's um, low porosity. And so, that's the type I have. <laughs> yeah. So high porosity is basically how well your hair takes to product. Mm-hmm. So it would take, basically all it really means is that with me with high porosity, it takes less product for me, for the hair to get permeated as opposed mm-hmm. to people with low porosity are going to need a little bit more. Right. So, for instance, for me, since I have very low porosity hair, when I get in the shower, it almost seems like it takes my hair a minute before it's even washed. I mean, before it's even wet. And then even once it's wet, it takes even longer for it to get dry. Yeah. So it's, it's almost like a sponge. Yeah. I, I have my son Zion's hair is like that. It's just so it's so thick and it takes so long to dry. Um So I I definitely understand that. So since there's two different, I'm sorry, more than two, since there's such different types of hair, are there different ways to care for different types of hair? I would say yes. You got to really kind of get into the, uh, get into the groove of understanding your hair and Mm -hmm. what your hair needs. Um, But when you, I would say, even if you do have 4C hair, this type of uh, care as far as like, deep conditioning often, um, you know, making sure that your scalp is oiled and protected. That That's the, what's most important. It's just that you kind of got to tweak it to what is wor- what works for you. Um, like, for me, I can't keep protective styles in my hair very long mm-hmm. because my scalp will just go on fire. I need to, even with moisturizing in between a sew-in or crochets, it's like very important for me to wash my hair often. I have to do co-washes and washes often. Whereas, you know, somebody else can, you know, keep a protective style for much longer. 
So, alrighty. So then just tell me a little bit more about the actual product that you've come up with, this resilient hair conditioner that we've got here. Yeah, so I I come I have a couple of different ones that I've developed over the years. I've tried them out on friends, families, boyfriends, or whatever. But my what I usually do is I just take um, some shea butter, um, green tea, olive oil, avocado oil, and you mix it up, and you put you can use it as a pre pull, which is what you use before you wash your hair at all. Mm -hmm. Um, You can do that. I do that often. And you let that sit for about 30 minutes and rinse it out. Or you can um, use it as a deep conditioner where after you've washed your hair, you put it in. You can sit under the dryer with a plastic cap. Or you can just go free and you rinse it out. Um, And that's really what stimulates growth is doing the deep conditioners. How long would you suggest um, leaving it in. I, um, you know, I've, I've read that it's good to just 30 minutes is good enough, but I am good for, if I'm not doing anything on a Saturday or something, I will leave it in all day. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like the longer you leave it in, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Okay, great. So then just basically use, take it from root to tip, mm-hmm. make sure that you're massaging it in. Just give me a, a basic rundown of Putting yeah. it in your hair. So you just um, you just want to make sure that you're working it really good into your roots, and start from the root and work your way down, into to the tips. Um, make sure that you get it um, all throughout your hair. Then I would suggest using the plastic cap. Use the plastic cap. Let it sit for thirty minutes, and then you rinse it out. Thirty minutes minimum. Okay. Alrighty, perfect. And then final question, most important question is how can everybody purchase it? How can they find you, et cetera? Okay. Plug yourself. So, yes. So um I am actually Devorah A. Yisrael. I know we she's gonna put this in her show notes when my name is a little complicated, but that's my name on Facebook. I have Resilient Hair Care by Devo on Facebook, which is my um the page connected to my Facebook and Instagram is Devo, um, Devo IV on Instagram, and I am Devo Lottie on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> right. so. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this interview with me today. It was a pleasure to have you on. Um, I can't wait to get me more hair conditioners. I've actually got one sitting in my hair right now. We're going to rinse it off. And then if you go check us out on YouTube, you can see me doing a full review of the product. So yeah, be sure to go check her out on all of her social medias. I'll be putting her information in the show notes as well. And then, um, she's also working on a website. And once that website is up and running, that will go in the show notes too. So that everybody can purchase this resilient hair conditioner. So that is going to wrap up this week's episode on hair. Um, If you would like to find out more information about hair, of course, I did write a corresponding blog post to this episode. And you can find that at www.mariesmonologue.com. And that's M-A-R-I-E-S-M-O. N-O-L-O-G-U-E dot com. 
And of course, you can shop for tools to help you recharge your crown at Marie's Market. I've got like some steamers. I think I've got um, a diffuser on there. And then um, stay in touch. Share your progress with me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All social medias, I'm at Marie's Monologue. And you can use the hashtag Marie's Monologue or hashtag MM reclaiming my crown and I will share my favorite post throughout the week so that we can all stay encouraged and motivate each other um but yeah that's all I have for this week um next week will be our valentine's day episode so stay tuned for that and yeah of course as always stay blessed have a great week um And always listen to your inner self. If you would like to become a sponsor, please reach out to me at mariesmonologue at gmail.com. You can also email me there if you're a small business and you'd like to be featured on Marie's Corner. While Anchor is free, there are tons of things that go into podcasting that aren't, mainly time, so any support is greatly appreciated. There are tons of monetary and non-monetary ways to support this podcast. The first monetary way is by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Marie's Monologue. All patrons get exclusive videos and free shipping on products at Marie's Market. And then there are different tiers that come with their respective perks, such as ad-free episodes, discounts, monthly gifts, and more. You can also donate directly to the podcast through the Anchor app. You can shop for products related to the show, both current and future episodes, in Marie's Market. And then, of course, there are non-monetary ways to support this podcast as well. You can subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform that you're listening. That way, you can always keep up with the latest episodes and you never have to miss out. You can give me good ratings and leave comments as well. The most important way to support the podcast is to share it with your family and your friends. That way they can listen in too. Maybe you get a study group together and you all work on the homework together. And then, of course, just make sure that you're taking pictures and tagging them with the hashtag Marie's Monologue as you move through. Um, You can find everything related to the podcast, including the corresponding blogs and Marie's Market and more at www.mariesmonologue.com. And that's M-A-R-I-E-S-M-O-N-O-L-O. G-U-E dot com.